Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. My name is Pastor Jeremy. Today, as we hear God's word on friendship and we seek to become better friends in a stronger community, God teaches us to forgive each other. Friendships are fractured by all sorts of different slights. Forgotten events, overlooked invites, stray words, misunderstandings, bad moons, or any other number of momentary lapses that turn into tidal waves. They're like little cracks in rock. The water runs through it and debris gets into it and wears down. And in time, it's a river. And then it's a canyon splitting into two. Little things fester until they explode and destroy our relationships and our communities. I think the saying, bury the hatchet, is a good image when we talk about forgiveness. The Native Americans would literally take their weapon of war and bury it in the ground in front of the other person or group to signify they would not fight them. They do not have any ill will towards them. God buried the hatchet with us by dying on the cross to forgive our sins. How will you bury the hatchet with those who slight you and those who deeply cut you? Follow the way of Jesus. Bear with one another and forgive one another. Colossians 3, 12 through 13. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. God communicates three primary principles for our friendships and communities. The first is to bear with one another. The second is to forgive one another when their failings are toward you. The third is to base your forgiveness on the forgiveness that Jesus provides you. To become a better friend in a healthy community, bear with one another. This is a form of forgiveness. It means to be patient with people, to not hold it against them, reject them, or push them away for their past failings, their current struggles, their different views, when they don't act quite right, and they don't match your picture of what they should be, even when they are certainly wrong. We're forgiving things that aren't really slights against us. Bear with them. Stand by them. Be a friend of them anyways. As a church, one of our big words is welcome. We want to welcome all people and to bear with them. We want to break down barriers between us and others and between them and Jesus. We don't draw lines of division or push people away because we don't think they're as good as we think they should be or because of their transgressions. We point them to Jesus. If we do that and there is a place for everyone at Jesus' table, Often we expect people to fit our image of Christian and have things figured out, at least on the outside, before we will accept them and love them. Jesus accepts people where they were. Then he shows them a better way. But he can't do that if you don't welcome them in the first place. Bear with one another. Be patient with people. Forgive their annoyances, their struggles, their past failings, their rough spots. Forgive them when they don't move as quickly as you think they should. I know we don't often think of patience as a form of forgiveness, but it is. Bear with one another. Stand beside them. Even when their sin is against you, 
Remember our passage, he says, bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Almost every time God speaks to us of forgiveness, it's connected to Jesus' forgiveness. He never provoked to anger, never accused those who attacked him to the Father. In the end, he prayed, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He loved and forgave, even his enemies. To be able to rightly forgive others, you must receive the forgiveness of Jesus. He is our example, our empowerment, and our reward for forgiveness. Not because forgiving others makes you totally righteous before God or saves you from all your sins, but because those who have been forgiven understand forgiveness. They've been changed by the power of God and made into the type of person who forgives. Part of believing in Jesus is believing that he really will forgive our sins. You must have faith in his love and forgiveness offered to you. Jesus died to pay the penalty that you deserve for your sins. They're gone. If you believe in him, that sacrifice is applied to you. I cannot hold them against you. You can't hold mine against me, and, and you can't hold your sins against yourself. When you ask yourself, who am I? Don't you even think about the sins that Jesus has died for, and therefore God is forgiven. They are gone. They're not part of you anymore. No matter how dark the stain of sin was, Jesus makes you white as snow. The prophet Micah declared that they have been hurled to the bottom of the ocean. They're gone. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all righteousness. When Peter's preaching in Acts 3.19, he declares, repent therefore and turn around so as to get your sins blotted out. In Jeremiah 31.34, God talking about the new covenant that will come through Jesus says, for I will forgive their error and I will no longer remember their sins. So, now we need to copy and paste. Forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. It is hard to talk about forgiveness without reading Matthew 18, 21 through 22. Jesus speaking, it says, Then Peter came and said to them, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Now Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you seventy-seven times. The number doesn't matter. What matters is that you continually forgive your brothers and sisters. It's almost unfathomable to have to forgive someone 77 times. And that is Jesus' point. There's no limit. We're looking for an excuse, an exception to Jesus' teachings, but there's not one. It is not about how many times I have to forgive. It is about me being a forgiving person and forgiving whoever I hold a grudge against today. After Jesus' statement to continually forgive, he tells a parable to illustrate. He tells the story of a king who wishes to settle his accounts with his slaves. When he began reckoning, one of them owed him 10,000 talents, but he could not pay. The Lord ordered him to be sold together with his family and all that he had to pay his debt. The slave fell on his knee before him saying, have patience on me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the king forgave the debt. But that same slave went to a fellow slave who owed him a hundred denarii, which is less than a thousand talents. He grabbed him by the throat and said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience on me and I will repay you. 
The man refused and threw him into prison. Now, when the others saw what happened, they went and reported it to the king who summoned him and said, you wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. Now, Jesus ends this parable saying, So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So, who do you need to forgive? What friendship is in danger? What family or friendship has already been destroyed? If a name comes to your head and you just thought, no, I don't need to forgive them because whatever, I feel safe saying that's the person God's pushing you to forgive. Forgiving is both for the good of those who forgive and for those who are forgiven. To forgive is free. It allows you to unload a burden that you are carrying, anger that you are feeling, worries that are distracting you. When you are angry, that stresses and upsets you. Time that you could spend joyfully serving Jesus and enjoying the goodness that God has given you in your life. You're now spending mad, complaining, pouting, plotting against someone that may not even be concerned about it. Holding on to grudges and resentments is like holding broken glass in your hand, and the more you squeeze to hold on to it, the more it digs in and slices and cuts up your hand until it's a bleeding mess. An inability to forgive reveals sinful pride. They did that to me or mine, and I am too important to let that trespass go. Almighty God, the creator of all things, the one who gave you breath, knows everything, could, could just thank you out of existence if he ever wanted. He forgives you when you try to take him off his throne and set yourself on it instead and act like you are God and King. Like you get to decide what is true and what is right and what is wrong, and he still forgives you because he loves you. That is our example for how we should forgive even when it really, really hurts. For some of you, the hurt is real. When we talk about forgiveness, we're diving into the most tender and secretive and emotional part of our lives. Some hearts are intense storms of emotion and pain and anger and raging so deeply that you don't see any possible way out. And in some cases, it's so deep that you don't even want to try. Now, many of these hurts are caused by truly wrong and evil actions that caused great harm. And I understand that in this room, there are wounds that have been caused by other people that I could not imagine. And I don't know what you've been through, but never forget that God does. He understands what you've been through even more intimately than you do, and he loves you, and he is prepared to walk you out of it. He calls you to forgive for your sake, for his sake, yes, even for the sake of those who hurt you. Romans 12, 19 says, Do not take revenge, my dear brothers, for leave God room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Sometimes forgiveness comes from faith in God. Faith that he will handle things rightly. We, we hope that when someone wrongs another person, they will seek forgiveness and reconciliation. But in many cases, that person who wronged you will show no remorse. And in these cases, we forgive in faith that God will handle the situation correctly. We must have faith that God will repay. He plainly says, do not take revenge. To do so is blatant disobedience. Now, this gives us peace and freedom. 
God will deal with your pain. He will not let it go unpunished, but will deal with it rightly. Faith in this truth allows us to let go of anger and the need to deal with it ourselves. God is just. He is merciful, gracious, and forgiving. He's also just. and will punish wrongdoing. To forgive another starts by speaking to God about it and asking God to heal and empower you to forgive, to give you the faith in his promises to do so. So commit not to speak or act negatively toward the other person, burying the hatchet. Forgiveness does not mean that the actions or words of the other person were not wrong or evil. It simply means that you're not going to allow them to affect you anymore. Many times, not always, but many times, forgiveness will necessitate action. It's getting together with the person or, and overtly forgiving them or in some subtle way letting them know that you don't hold it against them anymore and desire friendship. Forgiveness, especially in the cases of very deep hurts, is not a one-time bang and it's done. Healing and forgiveness is often a process that God walks you through. It's one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. Just keep trying to make progress and God will walk with you to bury the hatchet. Free yourself of that burden and enjoy godly friendships and community. Thank you so much for listening today. Once again, this is Stanford Christian Church and my name is Pastor Jeremy. This week we are going to be having a special version of the gathering. So you can come at 5.30 this Tuesday night on Valentine's Day. At 5.30, you can come to our church, come inside and get a free hot meal. It's going to be Italian. So come and enjoy that this Tuesday night, February the 14th at 5.30 p.m. at Stanford Christian Church. As always, go to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. There you can learn more about our church. You can click click on the Contact Us tab and let us uh, give us a message. Let us know where you're listening and how we can be praying for you because we'd love for you to be able to connect with, with us. So once again, that's www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Thank you so much for listening. As always, love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.